I first saw Rob Carman's name in a book my father wrote in which my dad talked about spiritual unemployment. And he learned it from a man named Rob Carmen in Albuquerque, New Mexico. A few years later, I met Rob and I thought, man, this guy's, this guy's larger than life. Brian, he can tell a story. He can, you know, he hits everybody in the front row. If you're in the front yeah. row of an event, you're going to get hit. Literally hits. You're, like, you're going to get not hit. Not metaphorically. No, it's not just a, this is a, what's the opposite of metaphorical? A physical, physical. Yeah. It's a physical hit. You're going to get hit if you're in the front row. If you're trans, we were in Russia a few months ago in St. Petersburg with our Christian men's network guys in, in uh, St. Petersburg. And uh, he, he hit the translator so many times that the guy showed up the next day with uh, pads, like, a, mm-hmm. like, a, like football pads on his shoulder. Uh, that was hilarious. But so is he, can tell he walks around man. a lot? Is that what he does? He, he doesn't stand still? He, no, he likes he, just to walk? No, walk and talk? Gonna, you're going to love this interview because here's the thing. You know, you talked about, we talked about a few weeks ago about how we interview people and we get things out of them they don't necessarily right. talk about. Yeah, you do. Yeah. So this man can tell great stories and he talks about different great people who have lived and he comes up with great messages. But I told him, I said, Rob, I want to talk about you and your story because this guy went through a, was, became very successful at a very difficult start and then went into a total burnout ended up in the hospital for three and a half days wow i was gonna tell you uh at the last global summit that that um that cmn had which was the fall of of 19 yep uh i i was able to attend and um after one of the sessions paul uh you had uh box lunches available yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and so you'd leave the session and out in the hallway there was tables of box lunches and i grabbed a box lunch and and i knew nobody i i came uh to meet to spend time with you and, right. and stuff and and i knew no one and um and i'm a little bit of fish out of water i, I wasn't I, i'm very outspoken <laughs> but but i get in a, i get in certain elements and i i turn into a little inside person i don't yeah. know what it is um like returning something at the store. I get very shy when I have to return something at like the gap. Dude, that is hard to believe, man. That's oh, seriously, it's hard to believe. I can't. That's, well, like but, Mar- that's, but Brian, uh, that's why you have people. That's why I have people. <laughs> I go to Marshall's. I can't return something. I get very yeah, scared. Well, that's why you have people. Return. You have people do your returns. <laughs> so we'll do a podcast for millions of people. No problem there. So anyway, I grab my box lunch, Paul, and I, I don't know where to sit. I, I go to this little room and, and there's round tables at seat yeah. eight or so. Oh, yeah. And I, I just find a, a place and, and, and I'm weighing, do I want to sit by myself in the corner? Do I want to interact with people? How do you sit in the corner of a round table anyway? The corner of the room at a okay, round okay, table. Okay, I got you. Okay. Bottom line is, uh, this has gone on way too long in the story. Bottom line is I sit next to this table next to this guy and I, and it's Rob Carmen. Wow. And, and, and how did that happen? What kind of a God wink was that? Yeah. that I get to sit next to, next to Rob Carmen. Was that a product placement right there? Uh, yes, it was. God wink. God wink it was. It was <laughs> though. It, yeah. I use that because it's not a coincidence. It's, yeah. it's, it was a God thing. You know, and we had, we had the yeah. greatest conversation and I really enjoyed spending time with Rob and we just yeah, sat there and talked, guy. talked through our sandwiches and chips and I just wanted to say that just I'm so glad that God put me in that seat that day and I could sit next to Rob and talk with him one on one. He's on uh, our international very, for Christian Men's Network. Yeah. And, and here's the thing, you know, 
and that's why I tell guys, you've got to be at our global summit. We do it every fall in Dallas. Uh, if you go to cmn.men, depending on when you're listening to this, cmn.men, you'll see when the next one is. Some of the greatest guys in the world. And here's, here's what, I, what one of the things that is my takeaway, just for me personally, Brian, is when somebody like yourself becomes a friend with another guy, I find great joy. And so uh, CMN.men, you'll find when the next yeah. one is, and you'll meet some of the greatest guys in the world. And now here you and Rob are. I know you yeah. guys talk on a regular basis. And so, so why wasn't he in like yeah. a green room or a fancy room eating his lunch? Uh, yeah, well, we don't do that. Uh, huh. We and we don't do we, we don't do fancy. And <laughs> um, and then everybody's in the green room. That's the bottom line. So in our events, everybody's in the green room. So when TD Jakes was there. A couple of years ago, he sat in the row right behind me with the guys. And when Stephen Mansfield was there, he sat with the guys. And and no matter who it is, we're all just we're all just men, and we're there to get a job done to change the world by discipling men. So when you hear Rob Carmen today, what you're about to hear is something that will begin to pivot some things in your life. I believe there will be a revelation word as you listen to Rob Carmen's interview today, how he went from nothing to something to nothing to today, where he's one of the world's top leaders speaking into the lives of leaders all over the world. Today, Rob Carmen on Brave Men. It's Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Wisdom and courage for the journey. I'm talking with Rob Carmen, my friend who is the head of Victory World Missions. And uh, Dr. Carmen, you, you travel all over the world doing leadership. So I would imagine this came out of, uh, you know, you probably had a pretty good situation growing up. You probably went to the best universities, started, you know, just got in with a big church in Albuquerque and, and then bam, there you are going around the world speaking leadership. Is that the way that happens? <laughs> well, not quite. <laughs> not quite. I mean, you always have, uh, yeah, you know, you, yeah. I mean, the Bible said, do not despise the day of small beginnings. So there's a lot of small beginnings and struggles and work and difficulty and ups and downs. And, and it's like, uh, you know, I always use the old story from the 1920s of Jim Corbett, who was yeah. the, uh, the world heavyweight boxing champion. Yeah. And they, they asked him one time, they said, which punch knocked you out? He said, well, that's simple. He said, it's the one I didn't see. <laughs> so, so to me, there's always the punch in life. It's the one you don't see, uh, that you don't anticipate, but you'll always wow. get them. Yeah. And that's the yeah. one that'll knock you out. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it, it's, uh, what was the, what was the, um, boxer's name? The young guy that, that, um, Mike Tyson and, oh, yeah. and uh, Mike Tyson said, everybody's got a plan until you get hit in the face. <laughs> everybody's got a plan and so your plan uh, you and your wife uh, ginger and family uh, you ended up uh, coming out of redwood city california right yeah redwood that's where i grew up yeah redwood city so you're is that east is that considered south bay east bay what is that well i always told people redwood city is right in between san francisco and san jose so right off highway 101 right in so, between you know Okay. Just a little bit, just a little bit south of uh, San Mateo. Yeah, it's in okay. San Mateo County. Yeah, so sort of South Bay area, San Francisco area, Redwood City, and uh, Italian heritage. Italian heritage, yeah. Yeah, which uh, 
an incredible uh, group of people that came from Italy that settled in that whole area. Pioneers, really. They were. They were. In fact, my great uncle, Uncle Rindo, he used to work for uh, Giannini. And Giannini is the one that started the Bank of Italy. And he worked. He was a teller when it was called the Bank of Italy that became the Bank of America. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so all of that came out of an Italian heritage. And then I remember with the Stagneros and, and Aliotos, all those guys, is that all? Cyprian oh, the Aliotos, yeah. Italian? Yeah, big in San Francisco. They had, they had that uh, in Fisherman's Wharf. They have the yeah. big restaurant right there, yeah. Well, where I yeah. grew up in Santa Cruz, you know, just over the hill from, from where you grew up, uh, mm -hmm. You know, it was uh, Stagneros had the had the uh, out on the Fisherman's Wharf and and had the restaurants and mm -hmm. an incredible heritage, right? Huge Italian heritage in in the Bay Area. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My mom used to tell me when she was because uh, she grew up right there um, uh, in the Italian district uh, of San Francisco, and uh, she said when she was a little girl, they would go to the theater and they would raffle tickets. And really? if, you got the, if you got the ticket, you would get a free lot down uh, in, in the Redwood City, San Carlos, San Mateo area. They were giving away property lots back no. then. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. So you came out of there, and, uh, but you ended up in Albuquerque building a church. I and, I, and I want to get into that and then some of those things. But where did you really end up? Where did you tip over into really becoming a uh, passionate follower of Jesus Christ? Well, it was in New Mexico. Uh, you oh. know, I grew up in a Catholic background, Italian Catholic background, you know, went to mass, the, the whole thing. But it, none of it, well, he, he went to Catholic school um, uh, for a short time, public school, then Catholic school. Uh, but it never, it never registered. Uh, none of it did until I got to New Mexico. And that's when a good friend of mine, that I had uh, uh, named Paul, Paul Craig, a real tall guy. He invited me to a Baptist church and being raised Catholic, never going to anything outside of a Catholic church. My oh, no, you would have been, that would have been a betrayal. Oh, yeah. But my, my, oh, yeah, to the Protestant, <laughs> yeah. you know, we always thought we always looked down on him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Paul, so I asked him, well, what time does mass start? <laughs> well, it's not mass, you know. So he brings me to the Sunday school class which really? I didn't know the difference between a Sunday school class and a service. And, and so that, that when that was over, I said, can we leave now? He said, no, no, now, now we're going into the service. I thought, well, what was that? <laughs> that Sunday school. <laughs> and so I sat on the back row and uh, the preacher, I, I still remember his last name, uh, Reverend Story. And he was sweating while he was preaching. I never saw anybody do that. And, you know, yelling. And he gave what, what we would call the traditional altar call. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Yeah, and wow. To me, and I just glared at the guy. I thought that I was, I was under conviction. Yeah. But there was no way I was going to respond. Absolutely none. Because the conviction, you know, conviction will do one thing. It can, it can actually aggravate you. Yeah. And so I walked out of there and I looked at him and I said, I'll never step foot in this place again. Well, six months later, I got saved all by myself. But it was the words he spoke. I had never heard anybody wow. say, invite Jesus into your heart. So I did all by myself. And I knew three things instantly. I knew, number one, that Jesus was who he said he was. 
I thought he was an historical figure. I said, number two, I knew that he was in my heart. And number three, I knew that if I died, I'd go to heaven. Wow. Now, wait, wait, wait. okay, so this happened. I mean, wait, 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 where did this happen? You're in Albuquerque now. You'd moved there for business, right? No, my parents actually moved there. Your parents they moved, moved there because they got they got my they got fed up with the congestion of the Bay Area. So we ended up as a family, all except my sister. You know, she was married. Right. She stayed in California. So we moved out there. Now I'm 20 years old. I'm living with a buddy of mine. Um, you know, in uh, up in the mountains. I was in the mountains outside of outside yeah. of Albuquerque, a little town yeah. called T. Harris. And I just, I was by myself and I just remembered those words. I was kind of at a very low point of life. And so I reached out and I said, geez, I meant it. I really meant it. Come into my heart and instantly. Really? Something happened. And I really? didn't know anything about the Bible. And um, my, my mom had an old family Bible, you know, those big yeah, yeah, yeah. Catholic family Bibles. And I dug it out of the garage and I, flipped it open and it hit Romans chapter eight. No, there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ. And the words leaped, literally leaped off the page. And I thought I've never, I mean, it's like life was coming into me and it was just, I was such a revolutionary experience. And then immediately I began to, to find out where can I find people like this? You know, I'm trying to seek out um, somebody that's had this. And so they told me about a Catholic prayer meeting. You know, this was the heyday of the charismatic renewal. Yeah, yeah, it came out of the university, came across the country. Yeah, it was a Friday night in the gymnasium of Our Lady of Ascension. And I just walked in, 700 young people, all my age, a guitar, in the middle, everybody's standing up and they're worshiping God. And I walked in and I thought, this is it. This I, is I it. Want more. You know, I mean, I just, I just started finding and connecting and finding and connecting with, with that and told everybody that I knew, all my friends. I said, uh, if you want to hang around me, fine, but I'm going to, I'm going to tell you about Jesus. I just Goodness. became this flaming evangelist. How did that now? Now you ended up uh, pastoring, and of course, now you've moved into this uh, place. Really, you're a pastor of pastors, uh, travel and speak leadership. But what was your career path at the time, Rob? I mean, what were you thinking about? You're 20. Hey, someday I'm going to do what? What was the? Oh, I had none. I mean, I really, really? didn't. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a. At that time, I'm a typical northern california refugee <laughs> that had, living in new mexico that are filled with a bunch of ex-hippies up yeah, in the you, were a, you were a post-hippie era hippie <laughs> yeah and so i'm thinking I, you know i'm just bumming along picking up this doing that odd jobs here and yeah. there no career path really nothing until that happened wow and when that happened it just pivoted my life wow and pushed me it didn't happen overnight, but pushed me in a direction to where one thing led to another, led to another. I met Ginger. Her dad was a, a full-time minister. I ended up working for him. I moved to El Paso, Texas. I started helping him out in whatever I could. And, and uh, from there, we ended up, we moved back to New Mexico and we planted a church. 
Okay, so, uh, and where'd you meet Ginger? How'd that happen? How'd you meet your well, wife? Well, that's another story. I mean, you almost have to have, you have to, almost have to know who- Is this a whole, is this another show by itself? Well, I mean, it's a quick one, Ginger but Carmen? it's just, uh, I end up- a Ginger a, Carmen uh, her, show? Her, yeah, well, her dad's, I find out that her dad's gonna speak in this church in a little town south of Albuquerque called Los Lunas. And so I just hear, so I think, well, I'll go, I'll go. And in walks this 18-year-old girl, fresh out of high school, playing the guitar, leading worship for her dad. And that's how that happens. And so we sat oh, and that was that. That was that. Guitar, you know, your pretty, and, sing, <laughs> and you're done. You're toast. <laughs> yeah. So a few years later, we get married, and, and uh, uh, we move back, and... and um, now, her dad was in, she was from El Paso. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, born and raised in El Paso. Speaking. And so you went, so you moved that direction and began to I help did. in the church. Yeah. Yeah. So you got some, to help him out. Yeah. So now you get some background in church life. You're in the word of God. You're telling people about Jesus. And you decided to move back to, and you get married and move back to Albuquerque yeah. and um, took over a massive church. Is that the way that went? Yeah. <laughs> How'd that start? I love this yeah, story. I know the story. You, I mean, just so, yeah, just, just so people know, we've been friends for a number of years. And, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Deeply well, here, love Robin Ginger. Happened. Here's what happened. South of Albuquerque, there's a little, there's an Indian reservation called the Isleta Indians. And so they're, they're in a Bible study. And my dad was doing a Wednesday night Bible study. Now, here's the problem. My dad was extremely educated had a huge vocabulary, was an avid reader, and, and they loved him, but they couldn't understand a word he was saying. <laughs> because his vocabulary is so over their head. And so they, they, you know, his name was Bill. They said, we love Brother Bill. We love Brother we Bill. We can't understand a word he's trying to tell us. <laughs> he doesn't us. know what he's trying to tell us. Yeah, and uh, it's just the way he was, he, you know, he was an ad, he was constantly educating himself in life. Yeah. And so um, they asked me to do it. So I, you know, I, I could, I think I could relate better. So it wasn't very long. We had, that turned into a church. So it started 19, January 1980, 35 people, 34 women, one man. What? Four women, one man on an Indian reservation. On an Indian reservation. I always tell people, I said, what can you do with 34 women and one man? And, and, and I say that uh, purposely to try to draw it out, you know, because it gets you. I said, I'll tell you what you can do. You can change the world. That's what yeah. Well, we were on that reservation for a year and a half. Wow. And uh, we got kicked off which was quite a story because a person has to understand uh, Indian reservations, especially in New Mexico, they're nations under themselves. They right. have their own yep. judicial system, their own the political system, their own governors that are uh, elected officials. Right. And right. you literally have no rights whatsoever. Yeah. And, and that's so, the treaty and rightfully so that we cut with the first nation. That we cut. Yep. Yeah. So a year and a half into it, I got issued a formal decree from the Indian council that was given to me by the governor of the reservation. His name was, um, uh, um, um, trying to think of his name right now, but anyhow, um, and it said, you must stop services immediately because you are a detriment to the Indian religion. 
And at first wow. I got excited. I mean, you know, I thought to myself, man, God, I'm only in my early 20s and I've already killed a religion. And, um, and then I realized this is, it's over with. This thing's over with. I mean, it was a, it was a great year and a half. We had people standing up outside. Uh, Frank Hohola, that was the governor's name, Frank Hohola. So in other words, what happened, Rob, is that too many people were coming to Christ. Oh, yeah, they were coming. It was, it was uh, we had people standing outside. It was a little building. But they, we was jammed. I put 107 chairs in that thing with a 13-inch center aisle. I mean, if you were, if you were over five foot seven, you couldn't sit in it because your knees would hit the chair in front of you. Then I had people outside staring through a window. I mean, it was a, it was a bonafide move of God. Yeah, it was a it was a move of God. It was uh, it was uh, Lazarus's house. You know, they they said we got to kill Lazarus. The chief priest said we got to kill Lazarus because on account of him, so many people are coming to Christ. It's a the Lazarus renewal, man, that's incredible. So you guys get kicked off, and where do you end up? Well, it's one of the most, it's actually one of the most fascinating stories I've ever told, because we were going to do, I was going to do one more service, and I always talk about that. I said, uh, you know, sometimes if you, I always tell people, stay married one more night, uh, go to church one more time, pray one more prayer, because sometimes that's when the whole turnaround happens. So yeah. we're going to have one more service. And in that one more service, a woman that we had never, I'd never seen her in my life stumbled in. I mean, she looked totally like a deer caught in the headlights. She stumbled in the middle of the service, raised her hand. I didn't know what to do. So I said, yes. And she said, I don't know where I'm at and I don't know how I got here. And I thought, oh, my God, my last service and the devil sends me some crazy woman. And then she told her story. She said, I was driving down the road and I heard some music and I came in here and she and then she told me, she said, my sister owns a Catholic church in Albuquerque. Now, nobody personally owns a Catholic church that the art, you know, the diocese does. And so she told that, and I said, well, give me your sister's name. I took her name down, her address down, phone number down. I went the next day, was Thursday. I went to see her and uh, found her house, knocked on her door, told her who I was. I said, you own a Catholic church? She said, I do. I said, well, where is it? Well, she took me outside. There was a highway right there. She pointed across the street. There was an old, what we call a mission church um, built out of adobes. And no, sure enough, really. it was there. I said, you own it? And she said, I do. I said, can I rent it? She said, sure. I, sh I said, when? She said, now. Oh, and we on. moved in, doubled. We doubled our attendance that Sunday, stayed there for a year and a half. I mean, the story goes on, you know. We stayed there for a year and a half. We bought land. And I think you, I, I guarantee you, you'll remember this name. We bought land from a guy by the name of Blackie Gonzalez. I, know, I knew Blackie for years. Yeah. Of course you did. He was in the TV and all. Yeah. He was one of the pioneers in Christian yeah, one TV. one of the pioneers in Christian television, Blackie Gonzalez. What a, what a tremendous man. Bought land from him, built on it, uh, uh, 500-seat auditorium, went to an 800-seat auditorium, totally outgrew the thing, had nowhere to go. So this, and, I mean, uh, so now church is booming, stuff's yeah. happening, and, and, uh, and because now you have staff, You've got time to just chill out, relax, rest, and be healthy. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it was, Paul. Yeah. But, you're, but actually, with, when you were working yeah. your tail off. With church growth comes a lot of struggles, a lot of things you don't know. How because do we there's do more this? people. How do we do that? 
There's oh, no yeah. bus. Yeah. Yeah, we all have stuff. That's right. That's yeah, right. That's you right. You know, it's it's like if you find a perfect church, the minute you join it, it's no longer perfect. Well, that's uh, right. Yeah. So what happened, Rob? You you've told this story. It's it's a, a really moving story. And if you don't mind sharing it, I've heard it before. You did, you know, you're ginger married, got children, and things are going well. But man, it's a stressful time, and and you hit the wall. We'll be right back with more of Paul's interview with Rob Carmen, and uh, you can get more information about Rob at his website, robcarmen.com. So that's where you can go to learn more about Rob. CMN.men. Uh, we talked about the Global Summit at the beginning of the podcast. We've talked about some of the resources that CMN has, uh, streaming resources, CMN radio, live 24 by 7. Uh, also, a lot of video resources, all available from CMN.men. So when you have a chance, point your browser to cmn.man and get all that inf not information, revelation, as, as Paul says. Also, uh, we look forward to hearing from you here at the podcast. We really want to get your feedback. What do you like? What do you want to hear more of? Drop us an email, paul at cmn.man. And that goes directly to Paul and our team here at the podcast. And we will uh, read those and respond. That's paul at cmn.man. Hey, let's get back to uh, Paul's interview with Rob Carmen. And you hit the wall. I did, I did, Paul. And you know, hindsight's 2020. When you're in the midst of it, you, you can't see the forest for the trees. Yeah. You look back and you can see the, what I call it, the, the slow accumulation of toxicity mm. that begins to rest upon the human soul. Wow. The human soul, the emotional part of a, of a man or a woman is, is fairly fragile. And um, it can it can stand under the weight of uh, a certain amount of toxicity until it breaks, and when it breaks, it floods the human body and the human yeah. emotions. We call that clinical depression, and that's what happened. And I can look back at it, and I could see the process in the middle of it. I couldn't see it. We don't see the day-to-day -day toxicity that we allow to accumulate. I mean, we don't have to be told to take showers and baths. We don't have to be told um, to clean ourselves physically because we all understand that our body picks up debris every day and needs yeah. to be cleansed. We have no problem with that. But what we don't see is the accumulation of dirt or toxicity that begins to rest upon the human soul, which can wow. be negativism, it can be unforgiveness, it can be pressure, it can be stress that we never deal with, that lays there. And because it's small at first, it doesn't, you can, it can go unnoticed, but, that, but it layers itself until the day can come where it just breaks. Wow. And that's what happened to me. It, it seemed like from one day to the next, it just broke. And it's, it feels like you're thrown into a pit of darkness that you can't get out of. And you're trying to, if somebody says, which is the worst thing you can tell somebody, well, just snap out of it. Well, I, yeah, if I could, I would. I, I don't know how. I would have 
I would have given $10,000 if I would have had a friend at that moment that would have walked up to me and said, I know what's happening and I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to help you get out of this. But you and I both know you go back in the church world, especially the church world of, uh, of charismatic, full gospel, um, word of faith, to admit problems and to admit difficulties was almost taboo. And then for a pastor to admit it, you were, yeah. oh, you were told it's going to weaken the rest of the congregation, yeah, which is you, told, well, you, don't have, you just don't have faith, brother. You just... Yeah, you, you know, had faith this wouldn't happen. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, know and, and, and I don't care the background. It can be, you know, any other kind of Protestant or, or uh, you know, Catholic background. And you could be told, well, you just don't have the consecration. Mm -hmm. Or you just don't have a deep conviction. I mean, there's any number of ways. Number of ways. Of people putting condemnation on us. Uh, it's You remember... Um, after World War II, guys would come back with what we know now as post-traumatic stress syndrome. Yeah, yeah. And they'd be told, snap out of it. They called it being shell-shocked. Yeah, shell-shocked, that's right. You know, shell yeah. oh, he's got shell-shocked. It's a famous scene in Patton where he goes up to the guy and hits him and says, you know, just snap out of it. Well, you know, when you're in that, you can't snap out of it. That's why you're in it. Mm-hmm. What, what happened through that period, Rob? I, I, you know, my understanding is what you, you've told me before is you end up uh, having to actually just stop all your activities for a while. Well, I did. You know, I mean, I maintained um, preaching, which was difficult, but I maintained it. Mm. But everything else, I just, it just seemed like I, I, I was completely out of, out of touch with the staff, Ginger picked up all the loose ends, wow. which was really difficult for her because she didn't really even understand what was going on. So she picked up the loose ends. You know, you got your immediate team around you right. that you try to confide in a little bit that that protect you. But I just felt completely out. You know, you're you're in a cave, and in that I tried to uh, you know physician heal yourself. So I tried to do all kinds of self remedies. Maybe it's physical. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. Well, that led me on a journey that which never helped because and and it brought me to a place because it, it just didn't go away. It was month after month after month. Yeah. Actually, I ended up in the hospital. Wow. I ended up in the hospital mm. not because of that, but because you know well maybe it's this, maybe it's that. So I did one of those stress tests and the whole thing. But I was four days in the hospital when a young intern. Didn't know who the guy was. I mean, no idea. Sitting on the hospital bed, this young guy walks in for whatever reason, sits down on the bed next to me, looks at me, and says, you've got clinical depression. Wow. And you're going to have to change the way you live. And it's going to go away, but it's going to take a while. And he got up and walked out. And it was the only time that I had some clarity up to what this was. Yeah. And it was slow. It's a slow process. And in that, let me say this, and in that, you, you reach out for hope. The Bible said hope's the anchor of the soul. Yes. Both sure and steadfast. So you want hope. You And I got a phone call from a friend of mine that had been supported heavily at that time by Joyce Meyer. She was doing massive crusades all over the world. And he called me up. He said, hey, I'm going to Mozambique. Now, excuse me, uh, Madagascar in September. We're doing a massive crusade. I want you to come. He said, I want you to do the pastor's conference. We're going to have 1,800 pastors. We're going to have over 100,000 people. 
He said, I want you to be a part of it. And it was like a lifeline because it was that, it was that inside of me, I didn't want to, but I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because it was a hope. Mm. There was that window, something to latch onto, something to climb out of. And now that was in September. This thing happened the beginning of the year. So now we're, we're, we're going to be nine months, but it was a slow process of climbing out. And as I did, rays of light started coming. Just, mm. just moments where it would lift and it would come back. Maybe a week it would lift and then try to come back. And it wasn't until afterwards, Paul, that I began to look back and discover how this thing happened and then build into my life what I would call changing the way you wake up, changing the way you go to bed, um, you know, to wake up in the presence of God and then yeah. to end, end that day removing any accumulation of whatever that is off of your life. Just so like you would have. Yeah, a lifestyle change based on the word of God that, that then begin to shift your mindset. Mm-hmm. And heal yourself. But I think about this guy calling you, and, I, and one of the things we've talked about uh, for a little while with, uh, on Brave Men and with Christian Men's Network is, is that uh, hope comes from the Lord, but it's delivered by people. No, that's good, yeah. You know, it's, it's, the, it's the call from a brother. It's, the, it's somebody who says, hey, uh, pastor, you know, I'm praying for you. It, it's all good. I, I believe in you. You know, it's just mm-hmm. a little, you know, and some of us know somebody we need to text right now. Some of us know somebody we could call right now. And sometimes we think, Rob, ah, oh, it's just, you know, I can't offer him anything. All I can do is just give him a call. Or all I can do is text him. You know what? That might make the difference in a man's day. And that day might make a difference in his week. And that week might make a difference in his month. And they might change the whole trajectory of his life. We don't know. It could. It absolutely could. It doesn't take a lot. And that's, that's sometimes that's all you're reaching out for mm. is somebody that believes in you or can put inject hope. Just that one phone call. I want you to come. Wow. And, you know, that, that, that says you're not finished. Somebody yeah. believes in you. Yeah. God believes in you. God has a future for you. Yeah. And I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I look back at it and I could remember because on that Sunday, it's a massive crusade. They estimated 190,000 people. Goodness. Big outdoor crusade. And I gave the altar call. And that's Antenna Narivo, Madagascar. We estimated 100,000 people responded to Christ. And I had tears coming down. And I thought, and I looked at that and I thought, devil, you thought, you told me this was over with. And that just was the fulfillment of that hope, which then brings you to another hope and another hope and another hope. Because yeah. once you can get that wheel, going in a positive direction. It's what they used to say. I remember Robert Schuler said years ago, live from peak to peak. And so you make decisions, good decisions yeah. when you're up. Yeah. And that leads you to another good one. When you, you know, hope leads you to another cycle of hope and another cycle of hope. Yeah. Proverbs, uh, I think it's Proverbs three or four says uh, the way of the righteous winds ever upward. That's good. And it, and, it, and it is that. And because one thing leads to another. That's why for some of us, just getting up 15 minutes earlier in the morning to get in the word, to read Psalms or Proverbs for that day. Just, the, mm-hmm. you know, we're such home, you know, we're Western culture, basically, right? All of us who speak English, we're, we're pretty much a Western culture, whether it's Singapore, Indonesia, or here in the United States or Canada, wherever. 
English speakers were pretty much kind of first world uh, Western mindset, performance oriented, uh, you know, hit a home run. Uh, what is it in cricket? Six, six run. Not bad. Oh, yeah. uh, you get a three goals in a game in soccer or, or football in Latin American. And so, uh, you know, we have a tendency to want that. Mm-hmm. But hope is really rebuilt in our lives. Just one step at a time. Mm-hmm. It's a power. You know, it, it, it's called in the Bible a helmet. Tell me about that. Well, it says put on the helmet. You know, when it talks about the armor of God, Ephesians. Well, 6. in in that, not in that, that that's in Ephesians six, but in other places, Paul referred to it as the helmet yeah. of hope. So oh, it's yeah. something that affects your mind. It affects the soul. Hope is, like I said, it's a, in, in Hebrews, it's called the anchor of the soul, both yeah. sure and steadfast. It's called a place of refuge. Or in the Old Testament, there's cities of refuge that you can flee to, and you were safe. Hope is a, is a place of refuge that you go to, and hope is that confident, favorable expectation that the future is going to be fantastic. And, you know, God's the deliverer of hope, and mm. hope is so powerful. Without hope, there's no faith. Well, hope is so powerful that it becomes what faith is made out of. It is. So uh, so tell me this. Now, so now you travel around the world. You speak leadership. You're in some of the largest conferences and, um, uh, you know, organizations and so forth in the world. You speak to, uh, you know, Fortune 500 groups and so forth and so on. But let's let's hit this right now, because whether I'm a CEO of a major corporation or pastor of a church or or a general manager of a of a local Wendy's, you know, we all have pressure at different levels. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now that you look back and now that you're helping other people, what is it that I could do now to keep myself healthy, Rob? You know, for the and oh, by the way, let me mention this, uh, your website. What's the website name? Yeah, just robcarmen.com. Robcarmen.com. And you have a Monday thought that comes out every week, right? We do. It's called the, it's called the, yeah, it's called the Thought Transformer. Thought Transformer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That comes out every Monday. So I can get that by going to robcarmen.com. Dot com. So it's R-O-B-C-A-R-M-A-N. That's correct. Robcarmen.com. It would have been terrible if after all these years of friendship, I spelled your name wrong, wouldn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Been, a lot of people do. That's why that we want every domain. That would have been embarrassing. That's why I wrote it down in front of me. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> okay. So that's robcarmen.com, and, and we can get that stuff. And then you've got the tools. You've got leadership stuff. We do. Incredible, we have the 412 on there. Yeah, incredible resources. Now, let me go back. How do I, how do I not get to – I don't want to be in the hospital. Okay? So – I'm glad you went through that to help me not get there. What are some things I can do now today to keep myself healthy, to put myself in a healthy place? And I don't know, spiritual, physical, whatever, whatever it is, help, help us here a little bit. Well, I mean, there'd be a myriad of things, but the one big thing, the two big things that I would talk into, which I do a lot, I said, if you can change a day, you can change a life. Mm. And we have to understand that God only, 
and that's the operative word, only gives life in days. He wow. doesn't give life in weeks, months, or years. We absolutely plan for the future because the book of Proverbs tells us to, gives us the example of the ant. But apart from that, I plan for tomorrow, but I can only live today. So we have to first understand that God only gives life in days. The average person has between 20,000 and 30,000 days, but they're only given to us one at a time. And so when we recognize that, when I tell people, you can set a goal, but sometimes you look so long range. All you do, all we have to do is live that day. So yeah. that said, when we understand that God only gives life in days, if we can, how do we change a day? Well, I just did a whole um, um, U version um, three day devotional on this. That's uh, it, it, it should be out in the next um, two or three weeks. It's in English and Spanish. And it's, it's it, it, I think that I think it's entitled Change Yeah, Change a Day, Change a Life. And it's on the U version Bible app. Well, you're on U version with a couple of things. I've, I've actually gone through a couple of your uh, pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This will be our fantastic third or fourth one. But yeah, on that one, what I describe and what I'll say right now is first of all, you got to change. Psychiatrists say if you can change the first five minutes of a day and the last five minutes of a day, you can change the character of a day. You can change the character of a day. You can change the character of a life. Wow. Well, that's what they say. But Psalm 92 said it thousands of years before any psychiatrist ever came up with that. And the Bible said in Psalm 92 that in the morning you speak of his love and kindness. And in the evening you speak of his faithfulness. So it's saying it's, it's way ahead of science. It's way ahead of uh, uh, psychiatry. So I tell people, when you wake up, don't wake up and get up. So if you'll spend five minutes the moment you wake up and just invite the presence of Jesus Christ, wow. this is the day that you've made, Lord. Today, just today, I'm going to rejoice. And wow. let that just, let that flow out of you, not in a religious sense or, or by memory, but from the heart. Invite his presence think that he's actually there going to lead you guide yeah. you direct you that you're that you're giving him the reins of your life today wow. and that god's right there jesus is right there right beside you he's in your room just do that for five minutes five six minutes and then start your day um with that and then at the end somewhere at the end of that day just said just have a a 10-minute prayer or a five-minute prayer that says lord i just now remove from my mind, any thought, thought, memory, idea, emotions that I've had today that aren't in harmony with your goodness. Amen. Is there any unforgiveness I need, any ill will, any resentment, any bitterness, any unforgiveness, any uh, uh, attitudes that I've had towards other people? And let, let, let it recirculate mm. until the Holy Spirit puts his, he might put his finger on something. I just want to get negativity out. I want to get junk out of me. Wow. And then Lord, I thank you now for cleansing me and go through that again. And then, and then you can't, you can't, you know, you never want to create a vacuum. So you can't remove something and just leave it. Whatever you remove, you have to fill it. Right. Otherwise, you'll create a vacuum in life. And we know what vacuums do. They suck in dirt. Yeah. 
And so you'll suck it back. And Jesus <laughs> so described good. it in, you know, in Matthew chapter 12. He talked about the evil spirit coming out and nothing coming back in to fill the void. And then it returns and the, the person becomes seven times worse. So immediately then say, Lord, I now thank you for filling me again with your love, wow. with your presence, with your faith, with your hope, and just have that time. And if you'll just plan that day, and then during the day, I, I, wrote, I wrote this in the devotion, or at least part of it. I said, enjoy coffee. You know, if you like the smell of coffee, the smell of bacon. I mean, who wouldn't enjoy all that? Uh, sun, the sun, the trees, the flowers, the rain, whatever it takes, just drink in the moments that you have. Life is made up of moments, and don't let them pass. If you're with your kids, drink in the moment. Your grandchildren, drink in the moment. Your wife, your spouse, drink in the moments of that day. And if you'll do that, that day will bring about a great day, which will bring about a great life, because all life is is days. God only gives life in days. Wow. Fantastic. So that would be, I think if any person did that, they could change the character of a day. Thus, you'll change the character of your life. Dr. Rob Carmen, man, this, this is incredible stuff. And, and I'm looking forward to uh, people getting your Monday inspirational thoughts. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time and thank you for being vulnerable and open on this, Rob, about oh, dealing you with dealing with these kinds of things because it happens to all of us because we're just human and too often we beat ourselves up because oh man i'm i've got i'm a doubting thomas or i'm a on, on the other hand thomas ends up building the church in the in uh, the entire area, yeah 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 right? yeah yeah so i'm this i'm that and we so constantly put ourselves down for just being human God knows us. He knows we're human. And uh, I'm looking forward to reading this in your, in your book. When will that be up? Oh, you mean the, uh, the uh, which <laughs> All this stuff you're talking about right now. Yeah, I've never put it in a book form. But, I know. But I, do, I do have it in devotion. I do have it in devotion. I know. I'm just pushing you on it. All right. So you were, so basically, basically what's on you version is going to end up being a book. So that, that, that works out great. Yeah. And you wrote a great article in Church Growth Magazine. Uh, yeah. That uh, a lot of people, I mean, it was the highest read article, uh, Be Me Out. So um, so that was fantastic. Anyway, Rob, thank you. And God bless you and Ginger. Oh, you bet, Paul. Thank you. Ministry. And uh, it's been fantastic spending time with you. And thanks for being open on this stuff and sharing with us some of the things that that will help us towards health because the enemy wants to just rip us off of our dreams, rip us off of our future and tell us, you know, all you're doing is a little, you know, a, just this small little thing on an Indian reservation. What could ever come out of that? Yeah. Well, today you heard what could come out of that. Thank you for being on brave men, Rob. And we pray that every place you put your feet will be holy ground. Everything you put your hands to will prosper. And that the Father will keep you and your family and your beautiful wife deep within the grip of his favor. In Jesus' name. Love you, man. I love you too, Paul. Thank you. All right.
so Paul, um, you said Rob was larger than life. I think that even came through on the uh, on the interview today. Did you, you know, did he did he punch you? Did he punch well, you? No, you know, we did it on Zoom. We didn't do it live. I wouldn't do that live with Rob. I <laughs> wouldn't because I wouldn't want to get hit. But the, but the fact is, you know, he was so vulnerable and, and uh, you know, in sharing about and there's so much more to the backstory in terms of you know, but the story of how all out of nowhere comes a building, they get kicked out of one. And and a lady goes, yeah, a friend of mine owns a mission church. <laughs> so a what? And then that whole story and then success and then bam, he's in the hospital. And then how he walked out of that. And I think Brian, you know, we look at that and we say, okay, well, that guy went to burnout. He, he was working too hard. He was doing this, doing that. I think we are all in the world in which we live. I think we are all at a place where at any moment we can tip into what what might be called a burnout moment. And I think for us to to have what what he shared with us and for us to share with somebody else what in fact uh, there's probably somebody that somebody that we know right now that's listening you know somebody that you could share this podcast with say man you need to listen to this and it's easy to do um apple podcast has a little share button really uh, spotify has a share button that's awesome uh it's really simple to do and um so uh, share button and subscription those two things subscriptions. Yeah. yeah and and you know what that changes the algorithms too on the part of those companies where we're at they go oh there's people engaging uh, that kind of thing, it changes everything. So it really means a lot, not only to us and to Rob Carmen and Brian, but it, it'll yeah. mean a lot in terms of your friends and other people who will uh, be able to hear these broadcasts. Well, week over week, you know, I, uh, I shared with you, Paul, recently the analytics of the podcast. And week over week, we're seeing a real increase in listeners. And uh, I know it's no no small part due to your amazing interviews that you're bringing to us here and, and with great people and just really down to earth. You know, I listen to your interview with with Rob or John Tesh or any of the folks recently. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's me, you, and the interviewee sitting together. Yeah, it really feels like the three of us. And I think that's what the power of podcasting is. It's, it's very personal, and you're right in somebody's ear. And so, uh, yeah, we do look forward to uh, hearing from you, uh, our listener, and sharing it with your friends if you don't mind. We we really do uh, love when when we get subscribers and sharers here. Yeah, and, uh, you know. You say listener, and, and we are listeners. I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I, I, um, when I am talking like we are right now, I, I feel like Brian that you and I are talking with a friend of ours, and that's my sense, and that's my heart and spirit is that um, we're friends. We're in this together. We're trying to walk it out to be more like Christ, to be the man that He designed us to be, and uh, and here's some revelation. Here's some help. And, and so uh, to our friends, you know, who are listening, uh, you know, it really means a lot. Thanks for listening. And thanks for getting in touch with us. Thank you. Yeah. Drop us an email at paul at cmn.men, paul at cmn.men. And we did this a few weeks ago, but the first person that emails paul at cmn.men mentions the Rob Carmen podcast. We'll get a hat. We'll mail you a hat. It's a very cool hat. I wear one all the time. And uh, especially during quarantine, because I don't comb my hair in the morning sometimes, Paul. So, so your hat is it's officially endorsed by yeah. quarantine people everywhere as a definite quarantine hat. 
So uh, we'll mail you that ad. So drop us an email. Hey, uh, we'll see you next time here on the Brave Men Podcast. For Paul Cole, I'm Brian Boyd. Have a good day. You've just experienced Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Paul is president of the Christian Men's Network. Connect with Paul at cmn.men or write to him at paul at cmn.men.